Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery. My guest today is Nathan Lico, a business commerce graduate from the Lang School of Business and Economics at the University of Guelph. And he is currently enrolled at York University Osgoode Hall Law School with hopes of graduating in 2023. Nathan is the co-president of the Osgood Venture Capital Law Society, where he ensures that the society provides Osgood students with the clearest possible picture of what it is like to be a venture capital lawyer alongside his co-president, Sarah Siddiqui. Nathan also is a student mentor with Legally Bright since August 2020, where he provides mentorship to prospective law students on how to get into their preferred law school. Nathan has consulting, private equity, and sales experience with his career portfolio, and he will be starting a corporate law firm, Pillsbury Winthrop Sean Pittman in New York this week, coming up as a summer associate. After graduating from law school, he plans on returning to Pillsbury to advise founders and investors in corporate law. He is in the early stages of investing as an aspiring angel investor, and he likes to read, listen to podcasts, invest, and play golf in his spare time. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. Happy to be here. Really excited to get going and uh, hear about your stories. So one of the things I like to do at the beginning is just ask a few get-to-know-you questions. So what are your preferred pronouns? Those are the he, him. He, him. Okay. What is your superpower? Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would consider this a superpower. It's something I'm proud of. So maybe if you can conflate the two, then this would be an answer. But I, I take a lot of pride out of, or I, I rather, I take my pride out of uh, disagreement. So whenever I'm having a conversation with someone I don't disagree with, or maybe they don't disagree, with, they don't agree with me, I tend to take my pride out of it, and that way I can hold really nuanced opinions and you know be open to learning and changing my own opinions. So that's that's how I would answer that question. That's awesome. Are you a cats or dogs kind of guy? <laughs> Do- do- dogs for sure, because I'm uh, definitely allergic to cats. Oh, no. Are yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that's cats no... seem to like me too, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a battle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing. Um, favorite holiday? Uh, I would have to say Canada Day. I have a lot of good memories from those long weekends with uh, buddies and family members, so definitely Canada Day. Nice. Kicking off the summer, right? Yeah. Up at the cottage, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, best compliment you've ever gotten? Uh, I would have to say, so this was during undergrad in my last year, and I had another fellow student leader come up to me and say that you make everybody feel like they deserve to be successful and you make everybody feel important. Um, that That's really stuck with me over the years. That's amazing. That's what a, what a great compliment and such a, mm-hmm. a great way of uh, leading life and helping others. Um, do you have a favorite smell? <laughs> I, have a, I have a really bad sense of smell for whatever reason. I don't know what happened to me as a child. I, I miss a lot of smells, but okay. I, think, I think I would have to say clean laundry or like, you know, like yeah. linens because it, frankly, because it reminds me of my girlfriend. So oh. <laughs> for whatever reason, yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Clean laundry smells good, right? The dirty, yeah, for I, sure. not so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, so I was telling you as we're getting started, you know, many individuals like you have made that high school to post-secondary to work transitions. And a lot of our listeners are, you know, going through the motions and trying to figure out what's next for them and where to go to school or how they should think about their degree. And what about mm-hmm. that first job? And I spoke about you at the beginning um, 
but I'd like to see if you could talk in a bit more detail about, you know, your overall journey um, so far and, and kind of what you learned along the way. Sure. So I started school, so on, or postgraduate. So going into university, I started at a school in the States, uh, went down there for baseball um didn't go as planned i say unfortunately but maybe fortunately because again things happen for a reason i firmly believe that and uh didn't go as planned so i came home to go to school to the university of guelph for my second third and fourth year of university uh continued to play baseball when i was at guelph for the griffins um got involved in a variety of extracurricular and community initiatives um where you know i learned a lot and a lot of my best memories from university are from those as well to really cherish those experiences. Uh, graduated in June of 2019, which seems like <laughs> over a decade ago, but <laughs> years ago. Um, spent about a year or so working in private equity and consulting after I graduated and before I started law school in the fall of 2020. Um, two years into law school so far. And um, as you said in the intro, I'm starting an internship with a corporate law firm in New York this Monday. Um, as for what I've learned, it's, it's such a big question, right? I, I think yeah. it's, it, for one, it's really difficult to remember everything. Um, mm -hmm. And I also have trouble, I guess, distilling what I've learned into universal statements because, or, or universal advice that can apply to everybody in you know, every circumstance, because I firmly believe that any advice has to be tailored to the individual and their circumstances, whatever they're going through. Nothing, nothing is as value, valuable to someone as it could be um, if it's just a you know, general universal statement rather than if it were personalized. But if I, if I, had, to choose, if I had to go against uh, one of my firm beliefs and you know, give like three like really general things that I've learned throughout the years, I would have to say that you know, number one, you there's no losing in life I don't think I, I think you have to look at things as you either win or you learn like really try and take away things from when you you know quote unquote lose but again I really don't look at I don't look at failures or losses in the traditional sense as you know just that like I, I really try to learn something from that so I get something away from that experience um I, I would also say number two that I won't say never assume anything because as a, as an aspiring lawyer, we make a lot of assumptions. <laughs> um, but I'll say, try not to assume someone's circumstances because it frankly makes an asset of you and me. Right. I, I really believe that my parents told me that when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, and it's really stuck with me. I, I think that you can't, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't just, you know, base your perception of somebody or something on you know a one or two second glance at them like you really have to get to know that person and you know see what motivates them and what they're all about so I, I I really try not to make assumptions in that respect um and then maybe most importantly this is something I remind myself of every day is live purposefully and mm -hmm. also in the moment so try and be present as much as possible now I know those are sort of hypocritical almost because on one hand, I'm saying like, be present, live in the moment, you know, which assumes that you're not thinking about the future. And then I say live purposefully, which <laughs> requires a little bit of self-reflection and planning, right? So I think you should have a plan, but I also think that you should, you know, cherish every moment, be present, like really experience things. Um, 
yeah, so I, I would say those are like if I had to distill three universal statements, again, going against one of my firm beliefs of never doing that. But yeah, I, I would say those are the three like major learnings. That's amazing. And it's so insightful. And, and it's interesting you say about the universal gu- um, guidance or advice. And it's um, mm-hmm. I'm actually listening when you're saying that. And I wanted to ask you this because this is something that, you know, with your principles and what you just shared, which is is awesome for people to hear. Um, the other side to your point, I often hear from young students and individuals that they compare themselves to their peers, like, oh, they already have a summer job or, oh, mm-hmm. they're, you know, and it kind of came into my head as you were talking, because as you're giving advice, you said like everyone's circumstances is different. Everyone has mm-hmm. a different journey. Everyone has a different, um, but your thoughts on that. Cause I know, you know, being in, you know, a competitive, um, you know, uh, competitive landscape I would assume in law school as well as some of the experiences you've had any advice on like not trying to compare yourself in in that sense yeah it's it's really tough like I guess it's human nature that we look to our peers and say you know what's this person doing and why am I not doing that and does that make me less of a person than them right like am I not as good as them whatever that might mean um but it's that's a really dangerous game to play. I think you can really get down on yourself. And I've had a lot of friends, especially during undergrad where people are, you know, finding themselves um, that you might, you might, it's a dangerous game because if you start emulating others and making really important decisions based on what other people are doing, then you're not going to be yourself and you're going to end up leading a really unfulfilling life. I know that's, a pretty grand statement, but I've seen it happen mm-hmm. a lot. And even, you know, like I'm, I'm 25, I turned 25 earlier this year. So I'm, I'm not this like old wise, wise sage or anything by any means. I've only been on this planet for, <laughs> you know, 25 years. It's not a lot of time in the grand scheme of things. So take what I say with a grain of salt when I, when I say, you know, oh, there's lots of people living unfulfilling lives. Like, again, you have to consider that some people, you know, are forced into working a job that they hate because they have to make ends meet. Like I'm totally aware of that. But I think if you are in university and you have the choice to really sit down, look at yourself in the mirror and think like, what motivates me? What do I really enjoy doing? And how can I have a career in doing that? That's really powerful. And I'm, I guarantee that you're going to lead a much more fulfilling and satisfying life you're just generally going to be happier. So again, like dangerous game comparing yourself to others because you're, you're going to end up living someone else's life. Yeah. It's, I think it's a really good point. And I think it's hard not to do, I think we're programmed to, to do that. And as we're trying to figure out who we are, we look to the right and left, but Mm -hmm. as you said, I've, I've seen people that becomes their whole focus and they actually lose sight of what's actually who they are and what's important. So Thanks for sharing that, because I, I still think this is a pretty big thing, and especially around dealing with mental health and, and other mm-hmm. things, people tend to not, I don't want to say generally people tend to, but I think people are are sometimes caught up in that. And I, I wanted to get your point because I thought it would be helpful for them to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about post-secondary, and I know that's where we met at the University of Guelph, so I, mm-hmm. I actually got to see you in action and, and see you with your mentorship and other things, but um, what... What, um, thinking back, I guess to then, and also maybe now, um, 
you know, is there something you wish was more discussed or taught or, I don't know, I guess part of the curriculum in the classroom that you find um, that you've learned on your own and, and maybe if it was talked about in the classroom, it might be a, a good life skill or something to learn? Yeah, so I would preface my answer by saying that I'm a firm believer of getting out of the classroom. <laughs> so, you know, good <laughs> academics is, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> academics is awesome. I think that it gives you a really strong foundation. And I think if you, if you learn the right way, if you're in the right classroom and you really apply yourself, then you'll be able to most importantly question, you know, beliefs or like the status quo. Mm -hmm. And that's in academia as well, right? Like I think a lot of academics, that's like their whole purpose, right? Like they research, they disprove theories and, you know, come up with new ones. But if, if I had to choose, I'll, I'll choose two things for something that I wish I learned in the classroom that I've um, fortunately learned in my, you know, personal capacity, which is more personal finance. Um, that means a lot of different mm -hmm. things, but <laughs> I, it'd be great even in high school, right? Like even in high school, if I were to know like, this is a mortgage, this is a credit card and not just like what it is, but how it works. Okay. So I can really appreciate, you know, what I'm getting myself into because with those, you know, becoming a mortgagee or, you know, <laughs> becoming a debtor or anything like you're, you have obligations that you have to fulfill. Right. So I, I think not learning those things early on is, can be really detrimental to someone's future. Like I know the student loan crisis is a massive issue, especially in the U S right now. I, I read a lot about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, what would that really be as big of an issue if people knew what they were getting into maybe. Right. Because again, like, you know, people feel like they need to go to university and, you know, they don't have the financial support from their family or they just, you know, are, are in a difficult situation where they can't, afford to pay outright for their university education or whatever education they're pursuing. So, you know, you have to be conscious of that, but, you know, maybe if people knew a bit more about personal finance, they, they wouldn't take on these obligations that are, you know, devastating for decades for them. So definitely number one, personal finance. Um, and then something I've been trying to learn a lot about um, both for personal investing and also to, also to be as valuable as I can at, my firm um, this summer as a, as a summer associate, as a summer lawyer is web three. I know it's a buzzword and doesn't really mean much these days because the so-called web three has been around for a lot longer than since it's been lighting up news headlines. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, but I think that the general disintermediation of anything we can imagine, any services, whether it's, you know, DeFi or, you know, education, like any, anything that can be, augmented by tech and disintermediated um, as well as stuff that has the potential to have another world essentially, or another layer of, I know this sounds pretty grand, but like consciousness on top of what we experience in the physical world is something everyone should at least take the time to think about. I'm not saying drop everything and, you know, become a programmer in web three or like just start trading crypto. Like I, I think that you should just take the time to really think, really familiarize yourself with these things. And then, take some time to think about it and think about how it's going to impact, you know, your plan, right? Like I talked about living purposefully, like if you have a plan to do X, Y, and Z, this might impact whether or not one, you can actually like have that career in the future. Um, but also like how valuable that career is to society and how sought after you're going to be for doing that career. 
Yeah, that that's some great advice. I know a lot of topics around financial literacy, think and, mm-hmm. and some of those things. And it's it's life skills that you have to have when you get out there. And uh, good points, I guess, there is really thinking about that and getting exposed to it, even if you're mm-hmm. not getting it in school. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, mentor of others. What motivates you to coach, mentor, provide leadership moments to those you meet? Yeah, so I think it's threefold. First and foremost, it's the totally self selfless reason to help others the way I was helped by my mentors. Um, I'll leave it at that. I, I think it's. I think of it as a. Actually, I won't leave it at that. I'll, I'll think of it as a feed a feedback loop where, like, somebody mentored me, and then I should mentor other people, right? And then they will mentor other people, and so on and so forth. I think that's a really valuable feedback loop um, that. I want to be a part of. And I also want to encourage my mentees to be a part of once they take on the role as mentor, which a lot of them actually already have. Um, the second is totally selfish, which is that mentoring others makes me feel good. Um, of course, selfishness isn't necessarily bad. Like, I don't know if you're an econ- economist and, you know, Adam Smith, like <laughs> believer, then you know that selfishness is good. Right. Or, if you're doing something for someone which is also benefiting you, then great, right? Like mutually beneficial relationships and all capacities are usually good, right? Yeah. Um, and then, then lastly, I, I think a lot of a lot of information students or young professionals use to inform uh, their applications to a job, for example. So anything publicly available on, say, an employer's website can be very misleading. Um, this information, at least from my perspective, isn't written to tell someone how to apply to their company successfully. It's written to make the company, at least again, from my perspective, right, this is my opinion, it might be wrong. So take it with a grain of salt. But I, I think it's written to make the company look good and, you know, progressive. I know that means a lot of different things. That may be a controversial take. And I totally get why an employer would do this. Like if I were running a company, I would want to write stuff about my company that makes it look good too. So I don't fault them for that. But I, I think, I think someone who says applying to a job has to talk to an honest mentor who has either been through that experience, works with that employer or interacted with them in some capacity, if they're actually going to have a chance at being successful in applying to that job. Yeah. Some amazing advice and insights there. Thanks for sharing that. You know, um, as you, as you think about that, and you also talk about, you know, the, the, the journey you've been on and the things you've learned, mm-hmm. um, is there something that you saw as maybe a challenge or maybe is a challenge and how are you over, how you were able to overcome it? Yeah. I mean, challenges, like we get challenged every day. Right. And I we have <laughs> definitely had some, <laughs> I've had some enduring challenges for sure. I, I think if I had to pick one ongoing challenge that I've thankfully been able to control more over the last few years, um, as again, I've confirmed what's important to me right. is this worry that I'm not spending my time on the right stuff, which, you know, this really used to worry me um, because it was like, oh, like maybe I could be more successful or maybe I could, you know, maybe I'm not reading the right articles. Maybe I'm not pursuing the right career. Um, and ultimately, maybe I'm going to end up doing something that I absolutely hate in 10 years, right? Or I'm just super unfulfilled. And then when, you know, 10 years roll around, maybe, you know, maybe I have a partner and we're married and, you know, we, we have kids and I have even more financial obligations that I have to meet. And 
I'm restricted from making a career pivot, right? And then I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm really stuck, right? I'm stuck until the kids are gone, <laughs> gone out of the house. And by <laughs> that time, I'm, you know, maybe I'm like 55, 60 or even older, right? Like, am I going to make a career pivot then? Probably not. And do I want to, do I want to spend the next, I don't know, 40 plus years doing something I don't like, right? Like I know <laughs> the, the definitive answer is no, right? Like if there's a universal truth or a universal answer, like the, that I'm comfortable, comfortable going with, it's no to that question, right? Like I, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. Um, and in order to do that, I, I guess the your, your part of your question was like lessons, like lessons I learned and how I learned to overcome this challenge. Right. So yep. I, I think that self I'll boil it down to like one thing that you can do on a daily basis, self-reflection. It's, it's so, so hard to do. It's super uncomfortable, especially at the beginning. Like I, I didn't really know how to do it properly. So I thought self-reflection was like, I'll sit in a chair in my room and stare at the wall and like turn off my phone and all my other electronic devices, make sure, you know, my roommates or, or my, you know, my girlfriend who I now live with, or my parents when I was living at home, wouldn't bug me for 20 minutes. And it was sort of meditative, right? Like I would yep. just try and try and think about the day or like the last week or the last month and some major decisions I made and, you know, think, was this the right decision? And it's, it's a really, it, it's a really hard exercise when you do it that way, because like, how the hell are you supposed to know if you made the right decision on something? Like, you don't, you don't know what the other path is. It's, you can't, you know, maybe, maybe if you're thinking like Spider-Man multiverse, where there's all these different universes where people made different decisions and things turned out differently. Like, whether you, whether you believe in that or not, I, I personally don't, but like, I don't have access to those other universes. I can't just like jump into another universe and say, oh, Nathan did this decision and this is how he's doing. Like, oh, I made the right decision, right? Like, that's not how life works. So when I started doing it self-reflection that way, it was not good. I, I think I just sent myself into a spin of really worrying about the decisions I made. And again, like, am I leading the life that I want to lead and should be leading? So I think you should take some time reading online what it means to self-reflect because I think it's necessary, but it's also, you can do it the right way. And there's lots of, lots of articles and even full books on this, like, you know, how to self-reflect and how to lead a fulfilling life. There's a really good book I just read, which is more philosophical, um, less like you can, well, they give some action items on like, you can do, you know, these 13, I think, tactics to lead a more fulfilling life. It's called Wanting by Luke Burgess. Um, And it's really, really interesting. I I think it'll really challenge anybody who reads it. And um, it's all based on Rennie Girard's theories. And he's a famous philosopher that some of your listeners might be familiar with. But anyways, yeah, I I think to answer your question in a very long-winded way, which is something I'm trying to work on, an ongoing challenge, right? Yeah. Not being so long-winded. Um, very simply, like, look online for ways to effectively self-reflect. Take the time every day or every week to do it properly. And I promise you that you will be able to lead a much more purposeful and fulfilling life if you do that. Amazing. Well, hard to believe, but I can see we're close to the end here. And I mm-hmm. wanted to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. 
really great, great conversation and great insights that you've shared. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Brian. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Awesome. So for the listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. This has been Coffee with Convery. Until next time, stay well.